Hey everyone, welcome back to the Seacoast Community Church Podcast. We are continuing our discussion through the book uh, by John Piper titled A Camaraderie of, Confer- of Confidence. Excuse me, And this is a very short uh, biographies on the lives of George Mueller, Charles Spurgeon, and Hudson Taylor. Last week we talked about uh, Charles Spurgeon and saw some some lessons uh, that we can draw from his life, uh, specifically with regards to how he endured suffering. So now we are turning to the story of George Mueller, and uh, where do you even begin um, if uh, if you are not familiar with uh, George Mueller? And I mentioned this uh, in the first episode of this podcast uh, of this particular series or book review. George Mueller is known for his establishing of many uh, orphanages and uh, and all on on prayer. Uh, he never took out uh, any debt uh, for these orphanages and he also established other ministries as well. One particular ministry is an institute that uh, that teaches the Bible. Um, you could probably think of it as sort of like a seminary, but maybe, um, but probably more closely to like a school, but it also focused on on the publishing of, of tracts, on the distribution of books, uh, missionary support as well. But he never he never asked for money. He never took out credit. Never took out debt. Everything was was by prayer, and the Lord provided supernaturally, extor- extraordinarily, uh, miraculously. Uh, it's a, it's incredible. Um, George Mueller was also. A, he was a, a Baptist uh, preacher. He was he was Calvinistic. Uh, he pastored a particular church for over sixty years, and spent I believe it was uh, the last uh, ten or so years of his life uh, in in missions and sort of traveling uh, overseas to different countries uh, to uh, preaching the gospel. Uh, so his life is just incredibly, incredibly encouraging. And so we're going to talk about him uh, today. And uh, so, I don't know, let's begin with uh, his, uh, his, a little bit of his story, in case you don't know his story. So George Mueller, by his own, uh, by his own confession and testimony, he was, uh, as uh, growing up, um, he was a liar, he was a thief, and uh, sort of uh, given to... Uh, to drinking as well. I mean, he was just, um, I don't know, uh, a ragamuffin. (laughs) Uh, He was uh, uh, a hooligan, really. And his father was an an unbeliever, uh, was, uh, ended up uh, getting locked up one time at 16 for stealing. So yeah, there was no, lost his mother at the age of 14. And so there was really, from our Eyes. There's really nothing in his life during these early during these early years that showed, you know, the the grace of God uh, drawing him to Himself. It was, and actually, he was a very very smart, uh, very smart individual. Uh, his father actually recommended that he pursue divinity school and train to become a minister, not for any spiritual aspirations, but because that could afford him a good living. So he did so. 
And it was during uh, his time in divinity school that uh, he was invited to a Bible study and to his own amazement, he actually was interested in going. He attended this Bible study and it was at this Bible study that he was left with a deep impression and ultimately he he was saved. The Lord saved him through uh, through through this Bible study. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, really that set him on the trajectory uh, of his life. And so that's a little bit about his life. Another, so there are a lot of significant events in his life. And one uh, to touch upon uh, for the sake of this particular episode and sort of the direction that the book takes uh, with regards to some of the things that we can learn from his life. Uh, he was married twice. Uh, he uh, he really lost his first wife or or when she was when she was very sick and there was no telling whether or not she would survive um, as as you and I would do. We would pray to the Lord. We would ask him to be merciful. We would uh, even ask the Lord to to spare us the the kind of suffering that comes with experiencing the death of a loved one, uh, that we would, that she would be or he would be healed, uh, that the Lord would restore this person back to health. He prayed to such end, but he also uh, during those those hours, those few hours, though he didn't know that those would be her final hours. He read to her a portion of scripture, and upon reading that portion of scripture. Uh, he, he and and he he thinks about the scripture. He relates some words to his wife. He's praying and he says things like, "I am in myself a poor, worthless sinner. I have been saved by the blood of Christ." And uh, he he affirms that God is sovereign over life and death. And he says, "If it is good, f- it, if it is good for her and for me, she will be restored again. If it is not, she won't." I am. My heart is at rest. Uh, he also says in this prayer that I am satisfied with God. And for a man who experienced many answered prayers over his lifetime, this prayer was not answered. That is the the healing of his wife. But the Lord did answer his prayer. I mean, he prayed that ultimately that God would do whatever is best, that God would do what would be best for her and best uh, for him. And... And affirming these things, he became satisfied in God, even though his wife was at the point of death. And even after she passed, he was satisfied in God. And all of that came from taking God at his word. And this is what he does for the rest of his life. He trusts in God. The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added to you. He took that to heart. He took that literally. He believed in that promise and that how is how he lived the rest of his life. That is how he based the establishing, the establishment of these orphanages. He trusted in the word of God. He pursued the kingdom and God provided and in the establishing of these orphanages, first and foremost for him was the glory of God. He wanted the establishing of these orphanages to be a display to the world that that when you trust in God, when you believe in him, and when you pray to the Lord, that God answers. He wanted the world to see that God is real and to worship him. Uh, through this particular ministry, that was first and foremost for him. Secondarily, was the 
was the taking care of orphans, as important as that was and as much as he cared for that. It wasn't the primary reason why he established these orphanages and, is, and established his life on prayer and not asking for any donations, any kind of money, and not taking out any debt. And many, including many today, perhaps some of you listening today would think that, well, he has, he surely must have the gift of faith. And he actually, uh, he actually rejected that. He, he would argue against that. He says that what he does, what he has is not the gift of faith, but the grace of faith. He does not have this gift of faith that we read about in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 with like these different gifts, these specific, these particular gifts that the Spirit gives to, uh, not to all Christians, but only to some. That is not what he says he had. He had instead of what he has is the grace of faith. And how do you define grace of faith? He defines grace of faith as the taking, essentially the taking God at his word is reading the promises of the scriptures and believing in those promises that God will do what he said that he would do. That is the grace of faith that he said he had. And that is the grace of faith that he believes that all Christians should have. And I would agree with that. We should all firmly believe in the promises of God. And when we do believe in those promises, God fulfills those promises. So uh, I think that is uh, that's at least one lesson that we can draw from his life uh, that uh, that you do not require that you and I do not require the gift of faith in order to trust in the promises of God and to see the reality, the realization of those promises. We just simply need the grace of faith just to take him at his word and believe that God will do what he said he would do. And I love this. We'll, we'll conclude with this, but. Mueller was a, a man of God who was extremely happy in God. And uh, if you are uh, if you are listening to this, then you will, when you have listened to this podcast, you will have um, heard a my a, my sermon on from the book of Philippians, and we talk about some of this. Uh, I talk about some of this in the sermon, but uh, he was such a uh, he was a man who pursued happiness of God. This was first for him in the in the mornings the first thing that he would do he would say is to get his soul happy in god that uh that is to make sure that his soul is right with god that uh, that the only way he could serve his fellow man that he could serve others that he can love others that he can meet needs that he can fulfill uh the responsibilities of his day the only way that he could uh oversee and steward uh, and shepherd uh, the responsibilities that God had given to him in a right manner is to first and foremost have his soul happy in God. And how do you do that? Well, you go to his word. You go to the word of God to to know God, to read about God, to learn about God, to learn from God. That is how happiness is obtained by the study of the scriptures, not just reading them, but thinking about them, meditating on them. And that is how he maintained this enduring happiness in God throughout all of his life, is pursuing the Lord through the reading, through the studying, through the meditation of God's word. And he says this, well, I'll conclude with this, in them, that is the scriptures, in the scriptures, we become acquainted with the character of God. Our eyes are divinely open to see what a lovely being God is. 
And this good, gracious, loving, heavenly Father is ours, our portion for time and for eternity. He made it his aim every single day to pursue the Lord because he delighted in God. Even at the age of 76, he affirmed the very same things and he continued this for the rest of his life and he lived to about, I think it was 90 or 92. And so let us learn from this man who had spent almost a lifetime in the pursuit of God. Let us get our souls happy in God by going to his word, feeding on the word of God so that we may learn about God and delight in the God who saved us. Amen. So we will return next week and finish uh, this book review by talking about the life of Hudson Taylor. See you then.